Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, I've been chatting to people over the last couple of days who are homeschooling and they are saying they find it much tougher at this time. Uh, it seems that teachers uh, have been, and probably because of more prep and all of that, putting more through the apps and online, uh, which puts an expectation on the kids and uh, on the parents to help them through homeschooling and it's slowly driving parents round the bend who are also trying to deal with everything that they have to deal with including working from home themselves so it seems to be a very very tough period indeed and uh, last week we were, we were chatting to Tiernan O'Neill who's the principal of Moiros National School about uh, homeschooling and uh, he had some uh, interesting things uh, to say uh, about that uh, but uh, we're also joined on the line now by Dr. Suzanne Parkinson, who's an educational psychologist at Mary Immaculate College. Good morning to you. Uh, how are you, Suzanne? Good morning, Joe. I'm very well, and thank you very much for inviting me on your show. As I say, the impression I'm getting is that it's harder this time around for all sorts of reasons uh, for parents to homeschool and for the kids themselves. Yeah, that, that is absolutely, definitely true. I mean, it's just incredibly difficult and we can't, I think, just underestimate the pressure parents are under and, you know, the bleak picture of, you know, uncertainty about when things are going to return to normality. So it's different this time, you're quite right. And I think the fact that, uh, you know, the pressure's on to teach children at home through the apps, uh, it's more than just maybe doing the homework as such or the tasks to keep children, you know, moving. Uh, so it's more than just consolidation, really, the message coming from the department uh, to schools and to teachers is, you know, really you have to engage and teach and that puts an absolute new pressure uh, on children at home parents on home to keep with I suppose the pace the tasks yeah. uh, day and, and in, you day would out. say and I'm sure I'm speaking for parents here when I say this it's grand for the department to make that point to teachers or parents who are homeschooling because the simple truth is this is not homeschooling homeschooling You're is a right. choice that people make and spend time preparing for it are extremely committed to it. You know, this yes. is a, a simple reality of lockdown. You're absolutely right. And it, it isn't homeschooling. I mean, homeschooling is exactly what you, you, you say there. It's by choice, uh, led by parents who make that decision for many different reasons and who operate it very much within their own comfort zone across a continuum of very informal to very formal kind of setups within the home. So we are where we are. And I suppose the message I wanted today really to convey, Joe, was that, like, you know, um, more can happen around learning and teaching and working with the children at home than just book learning. I mean, if you look at the umbrella of 21st century learning skills, and these are the skills that are considered essential for tomorrow's world, for the future, for our children in 20, 30 years when they're out there in, in seeking work, looking for work, the skill set associated with the future, a lot of the jobs, as you know, haven't even you know been created yet. They haven't been determined. But what we know now is really that the skills that we need for tomorrow's world, they are skills we wouldn't have previously really recognised as being very important in education. And right around the world, we have educational systems really rethinking what we're about in education. And there's a new emphasis now been put on things like communication, curiosity, 
perseverance, you know, attention, listening skills, cooperation, organization, all of these kind of learning ways that serve children to be learners for life. And I suppose my, my message really uh, to parents at home and, you know, to teachers across the country is that, you know, we should be looking at this empowerment agenda when children are at home. We need to move a little from those three hours that are about that prescribed curriculum that has been there forever in education to three new hours. And those three new hours are recognition, responsibility and reflection. And recognition, just to, to explain briefly, is just about recognising that children have a role in their own learning and that you know we should be about identifying their strengths their weaknesses and learning um responsibility that they have a few decisions to make about their learning and explaining their choices about their decisions and their responses and learning not just about completing checklists but actually having choices and having decisions about what they're learning and that they should be empowered to reflect upon their learning so look back on their learning so i've been preaching the goldilocks principle you know when when work has been sent home to children you know is it is it too easy is it too hard is it just right and can they feed that back to the class teacher uh, you know in terms of themselves doing those tasks at home so those learn ways, Joe, I think are learning ways that are possible to yeah. do in the casual and the everyday at home. Yeah, And I think that sounds fantastic. We're talking to Dr. Suzanne Parkinson, educational psychologist at Mary Immaculate College in Limerick, and a lot of what you're talking about there is underpinned by goodwill. But it does seem from what we're hearing on this show that a lot of the goodwill from the first lockdown has disappeared. It seems a lot of teachers are resentful about um, what's being said about them and maybe they shouldn't be on social media, but they are. Um, and then they're coming under pressure from the department, as you pointed out, to send out more lesson plans and to behave as though, other than the fact that kids are not in the classroom, it's the same curriculum and it's being taught in exactly the same manner. And then parents are livid about what's happened to them and feel that they're now being asked to be full-time teachers too. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The confused messaging all around is is really very, very unhelpful. And I mean, I think teachers, they've gone that extra mile. You know, they really have, Joe. Like, they have responded to circulars that are coming in late in the evenings, Friday evenings. They've, they've upskilled around technology. I would say the majority, the vast majority of teachers across the country, if you gave them a choice today, I have no hesitation in saying this, if they felt they were going to be safe in schools, they would want to be in schools teaching. I mean, I, I come from a family of teachers myself. Um, I have teachers all around the country that I know and work with every day. The preference isn't to be at home here. The preference is to be in the door, in the classroom teaching. Like, make no doubt about it. Be, be, be under no doubt about that. Um, and equally, I think nobody would dispute the incredible uh, cruelty that has been exercised here to the parents and children of, you know, with, with special educational needs. And I use the word cruelty because it's repeated false expectations. Uh, you know, we have to be accountable for what we say. We have to follow through with actions that can be delivered. And particularly in this time of hardship and of enduring hardship, you know, for children across the country. And the mixed messaging here... I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you? No, and the other thing is that different schools and different teachers seem to be taking different approaches. Some appear to have quite a high expectation of what parents who are working from home can do with one or two or three kids. Um, Others seem to take a more realistic view of this, whatever the department might be saying to them. 
Yeah, and you know, I mean, leaders across the across the the board in schools, I think they've been very proactive. They've been very forward thinking, and they know their school population better than anybody from a systems level. They're meeting, greeting the parents every day. They know every child in their school. They know the capacity of their school staff. They know the skill set within their school team. So they're best placed, I think, to mediate between uh, policy at the moment and the realities on the ground. And if you look at the huge diversity of schools that we have across Ireland, our you know, highly disadvantaged schools in urban settings to our locally disadvantaged rural schools uh, in rural pockets around the country to our highly advantaged schools. You know, a one-size-fits-all policy response is going to have to be tweaked to fit the local context. There has to be an environment, school, child, family fit mm. here. So you're going to get that variability in response. I mean, I heard a story of a five-year-old uh, expected to act as if they were in school from nine till three, uh, you know, in essence, at, at a desk at home. I mean, sure that's mad stuff. Yeah. And that's exactly, I suppose, Joe, why I'm delighted to have the opportunity to be on the airwaves this morning and to say and to reassure parents at home, you can do this. You can do what's required in the bigger picture. Look at those learning ways that are important for tomorrow's world. Look, for example, I'm looking, for example, this week at curiosity. Um, how can we encourage children to be curious over time? Now, remember curiosity, Joe, the why questions. Curiosity is so important in life. Curiosity is what leads innovation. It's what leads creativity. It's what leads, you know, new thinking, new ways around resolving issues. And very sadly, I think, in education, we have young children who go in the door and never stop asking the why, 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 why questions. And we all know that and we're all driven mad. But, you know, over time, very often, the why questions are, you know, they're knocked out of children. And that's not necessarily through education, although Einstein would claim it's a miracle that we've any curiosity left in the educational school system. It's, it's generally life and it's maturing children realising. So why do you say it's a miracle? That's a very interesting comment. Yeah, well, Einstein would have claimed that and I suppose he would have, you know, looked around him in conservative education where, you know, prescriptive curricula were delivered and one size fits all and we don't ask those why questions. We just accept the information we get. We accept what we have to learn as facts. And he would say we have to arouse the curiosity in children. Those why questions are so important. And if you think about young children, Joe, for a second, you do you know, see they move from the why, why, why stage to maybe the more challenging stage of why, why not stage to, you know, the kind of adolescent stage and, and early adult stage because that's the way it is. Complacency kind of seeps in. So it's really important to maintain curiosity. And this is something parents can do in every home. And it's something that's really important that can be built into the casual, built into the everyday, built into the routine at home. The what ifs right. of the conversation. And I think that's brilliant and I love the idea of it. But what I wonder is when kids go back into a school setting eventually, will they get any credit for that? Or will it be, yeah. oh, there was a system and you were sent lesson plans and Johnny stayed up with it and Alice didn't and tough. So, no, absolutely not, Joe. I, I would reject that our teachers are in any way that inflexible. I mean, no teacher can survive in a classroom if they have, you know, a pair of inflexible shoes on them. You simply can't. So, you know, there's two things there. First of all, there's a new primary school curriculum coming on board this year, a redeveloped primary school curriculum. And it's moving from 
that fixed curricular content to this idea of competencies for, for, for learning for life, this idea of learning to be a learner. So while we're not quite there yet, we're moving in the direction of the type of things I'm talking about, fostering and nurturing these learning ways going forward in the future. So we're looking for the curious child in the classroom. We're looking and we're trying to nurture and trying to help children develop all of these skills that will serve them later on in life to survive the, 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 the push and the flow of different jobs, shorter term contracts, new ways of working, communicating online, all of these skill sets that really children have to have, that we have to embed into our new educational system, so into our new vision for education. So that's happening in the backdrop here. And I think teachers will look at bouncing back even better when we right. do get back into normality in schools. Um, I think they'll pick up the threads, Joe, yeah. of where kids are at. I, I, they differentiate anyway every day in the classroom, you I, know. I think one thing that worries me a lot, um, having been on this show for almost a year um, during this period of time, is uh, that um, people are being asked to make a lot of sacrifices and to do things in such a topsy-turvy way. But because there's that human tendency for it to become the norm, because it is where we're at, people have almost put pressure on themselves beyond what is reasonable. Yeah, and you know, that comes from a backdrop of uncertainty. You know, when you're not sure, Joe, what's going on and uncertainty causes, you, you know, causes everybody to doubt themselves. And we're all in foreign terrain, even though we might have been in this situation of having to be at home with children around learning from March last year. We were back, we had confidence, we'd regained a sense of normality back again then after Christmas. And it's not the same. You're quite right. It's different. So doubts creep in to what we're at. And then some some people will respond with even more rigour. I must, I must, I must. And I think it's really important, the messages around education that have to be sent home from, you know, the system, from, from the Department of Education and Science. The, the message has to be about acknowledging what parents can do that is outside the formality of uh, books at home around education. I mean, under the Constitution, parents are the natural educators of children. We should be harnessing and reassuring the power of parents in all of this, and we're not. We're, we're, we're laying down the stack of activity and tasks upon, you know, teachers to be sent home to children. And that can work quite well and probably has worked well in some instances uh, than maybe it did first time around. We've got better at that. We're using technology better. We're using the platforms better. But, but there is pressure there. And I think we have to stand back and look at what's possible here. Let's broaden our lens. We're, we're getting to a point of hope. Vaccinations are coming and they will be coming quicker and faster. We will be back, please God, in our classrooms in the not-too-far-distant future. And let's not go back with bitter resentment over the experience of what has happened. Let's try and celebrate what's possible and what is within the capacity of the ordinary within our homes around education. I mean, every teacher in every school knows their children in their class. They know the families. They know what's possible. And I think the message of the new curriculum, the redeveloped curriculum, is about teacher agency. It's about teachers choosing to fit the environment, to fit the children in front of them, the various topics, the various directions and teaching in the classroom. We've got to do the exact same now. Let's put this vision in practice right. and, and let's give teachers the professional room and scope to prioritise what they feel is necessary with the vision to okay. partnership with parents in this.
Okay, well listen, well, listen, I think that was very, very helpful and I hope that the advice that you have given gives some genuine comfort to incredibly stressed out parents, the stress on children themselves and the stress on teachers and the expectations uh, in this lockdown, which seem to be of a different order at a different level and unfortunately has bred much more um, resentment and societal discord than the first lockdown. Thank you very much for talking to us. We'll certainly talk to you again. That's Dr. Suzanne Parkinson, educational psychologist at Mary Immaculate College in Limerick. Call Limerick today now. 